Welcome to the Still Mama Tribe with your hosts Megan and Sarah and today we are interviewing Jen. So Jen is a certified life coach and grief and loss coach, educator and speaker. She works with women who are trying to make sense of their life after loss and have a huge hunger to find their real voice and power. Navigating through the darkness to a place of purpose and growth. After any type of loss, a purposeful and mindful life seems unreachable, but it's not. I think everybody is going to enjoy this episode with Jen today. There's so much that uh, they can get out of it um, in terms of practical advice, but also finding out a little bit more about what a grief coach is and how that might be able to help you in your journey as well. So if you are looking to um, get in touch with Jen, uh, all of the information is available on the show notes, but you can touch base with Jen on Instagram with um, at Louise, Louise Hugs, which is L-O-E-Y-S dot Hugs. Also on her website, lossandtransition.com as well. So if you want to get in touch, um, she's very open, beautiful, beautiful person. So let's bring her in. Hi, Jen, and welcome to the Still Mama Tribe. Thank you so much for coming online for an interview with us today. I am honored to be here. Thank you for the invite. So I thought we would dive in and uh, just wondered if you could start um, a little bit with your story about becoming a certified life and grief slash loss coach. And I know that you have a few other things, a few other hats that you wear in terms of being an educator and speaker. So I wondered if you could start with telling us a little bit about what you do. Mm, Yes, definitely. I would love to do that. I would love to share that with you. Um, so yes, so a lot of different hats and I sometimes wonder how many hats I have on at the same time, but, um, and it was funny cause I did talk to a friend about it. She's like, so what are you doing? And I'm like, just call me a Renaissance woman. <laughs> and then we had a big laugh about that, but, um, I am a certified life and grief and loss coach. Um, and under that umbrella, I'm also a, uh, grief awareness educator, a stillbirth awareness educator and speaker. And I'm currently, um, working on, uh, a book, two books, um, they're moving slowly, but you know, they're, they're something that I've been very passionate about and really excited to work on. Um, so as a grief and loss coach, I help women and their families um, reclaim, redefine their life after loss. And because my loss in particular has been infertility um, and um, miscarriages, pregnancy loss, stillbirth, um, my community at large are um, families and mothers who have experienced the same. And so I help navigate through grief because we and your community know that grief is messy. Grief is not linear. Grief doesn't make sense sometimes. Um, and it can ease, you could easily fall into 
making grief your story, making grief about your life. And so as a coach, um, an advocate for uh, you as a mother who has experienced loss and your family, we navigate through grief. We understand, try to understand it, try to understand what it means to you because we all grieve so, so, so differently. Um, and then once we create that awareness of loss and grief, then we can really look at the pieces that have been um, broken. So I always say that when we experience loss or tragedy of any type, our spirit, our soul, and our heart breaks into a million pieces. And these million pieces don't define us, but what does is how we pick up those pieces. And as a coach and advocate, I'm there to help you look at these pieces be aware of the pieces, understand the pieces, and help you choose the pieces that you want to help you redefine and re, um, reclaim your life. You know, a lot of people talk about this life after loss, this new normal, and, you know, what is normal, really, to be honest. And I talk about with my clients and also, um, you know, the the speaking engagements that I do or the events that I do, that it's, you're still you. You're still you after your loss. You're just um, a different version of you. And sometimes with loss, it actually brings you back to who you were before life got in the way. It kind of forces you to really rethink your life. It really forces you to really look deep inside and um, figure out, you know, what's my purpose? What's my why? Like, what what's going on here? So as a coach and advocate and speaker and educator and writer, my purpose and my intention is to hold space to help people heal and to help create this life after loss. And sometimes I say life in loss because, as you know, you know, grief doesn't go away. It stays with us. The edges soften and sometimes the waves aren't so crazy. Um, but once in a while, it doesn't matter if it's a month, a week, years, sometimes those um, edges get really sharp or sometimes the tsunami will come. And then as a coach, I help you create tools in your toolbox so when you get triggered and when the tsunami comes and when the edges start to get really sharp and you're on this roller coaster ride of ups and downs you know what you can do to have some a bit of sanity through it all um the reason i became a grief and loss coach is because of the infertility <clears throat> the miscarriages and my losses, you know, it's, it's can be such a lonely, overwhelming, emotional place to be. And I really found that so many women experience it, but we still feel quite alone in our grief. And also society, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this too, but society finds it really uncomfortable to talk about grief and loss. And so we want to really let people know that 
grief and loss is part of the human experience, of the whole experience. And it's really important to talk about, to talk about it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we keep coming back to, like Megan and I talk about um, with actually a lot of people is um, when it comes to, as you said, like people's uncomfortability with grief and loss and also tied into, um, I think everyone's, most, a lot of people are quite in denial with death. Um, and especially when it comes through with such, um, you know, at a time where it should be joyful and it should be happy because you're creating life and then all of a sudden life is intertwined with death in a moment and people just don't know how to cope with it. They just sort of shy away from it. And I know it's something that, you know, for you and I, you know, for us, like we're very quite um, passionate in this area of awareness um, that people and society and culture should be able to talk a lot more um, and embrace um, the community when, you know, you know, elephants do this really well. Like once they lose their baby, like they kind of all encapsulate each other and they mourn together and um, we've sort of lost that sense of what, you know, back in villages we used to do and how villages would support each other or the tribe would support each other with a newborn healthy beautiful baby but also mourning the loss as a community as well is so important um yeah mm, i love that i love the idea of taking it back you know generations and generations ago yes you're right we had that community we had that community energy that would take care of you that would support you and regardless of what you're going through, a birth of a child or a loss of a child. And it almost feels like there's this incredible fear around it. And people are really almost kind of stuck in this fear. Like I remember, um, I remember losing Loie and a friend of mine was pregnant at the same time. And, and I'm completely guilty of this too. I felt like, Oh, I, I, I know I, like she, basically what happened was she didn't talk to me. She ignored me. She, I mean, she sent a lovely kind of message saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. And that was it. I did not hear from her. And I knew that she was doing that because she was fearful. And, you know, at times when I was going through my fertility journey, there was times where, you know, a friend would express a miscarriage and I'd be like, oh, please, that's, please don't let that happen to me. Please don't happen to me. You know, but obviously it's something that we're not going to catch. It's not contagious. Um, but there's, yeah, there's this definitely this societal fear and it does stem, stem from not knowing about it, not talking about it and, um, and not being aware of it as well, I think is a huge part. And, you know, death is scary because it's the unknown. And as a modern culture, um, I just find it so interesting that we've kind of disassociated ourselves from that experience, even though it's so in our human existence. And there's so many, other, and there's other cultures in the world that will celebrate a life that will, that will help with the transition from life to death. So yeah, really interesting point, really good point. 
I think just as a an addition to what you were saying, I think that as a society in our modern Western culture, we we don't believe that two opposing things can exist together, that being life and death and being pregnant is supposed to be the epitome of creating life and then losing a baby while still also while still carrying that baby is where life and death meet and having to go through the process of still continuing with birthing the baby or um, whatever procedures happen to transition into accepting the death is something that can be really hard to accept because it's messy, it's overwhelming and it's not often spoken about and I think that it's hard for us to believe that those two things can exist together and life can still go on. Mm, that is powerful. That definitely resonates with me. Um, because when we had to terminate our pregnancy with our twins, I had to go in um, and they had to terminate the heartbeats, but I still carried the twins for three days. And it was the most surreal, confusing, overwhelming experience I have ever felt in my life. At one, at, there was one point where I wanted to, keep I wanted them I just wanted to just to keep them there and then there would be another moment where I just needed to get them out I just needed to get them out and so like you said it's and I talk about this a lot with clients is also being able to be comfortable in the uncomfortable feeling knowing that you're feeling and what you're feeling is can be joy and can be sadness it's that dance between the duality and as mothers who have lost or have had to hold their you know dead precious babies within their womb that's where it really 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 comes true you know with Loie we went to the hospital and we found out that they couldn't find the heartbeat and so she was she was dead before we went to the hospital and there again, there again, there was me with a dead baby thinking, how is this happening again? And why is this so familiar? And dancing between the joy of having carried her, the joy of giving birth, because as tragic as that situation was, it was a beautiful experience giving birth to her and I hold that very deep and close to my heart that's just so beautiful the way that you tell your story about Loi and your twins and I'm sure that those experiences have enriched your ability to give back to other people and it and it's one thing that Sarah and I see as a theme in the people that we have interviewed is that it takes a really special person to go through the depths of losing their baby and then rise to meet other women where they're at in their experience and in their grief and to to give 
of yourself into into them. And so I I wonder if you would be able to speak a little bit about um, if someone was thinking about getting grief coaching or exploring um, some help that um, like maybe they were getting some counselling but maybe they were thinking about grief or loss coaching as well. Would you be able to talk about what that process would look like for people or what they can expect? Mm -hmm. Yes, most definitely. So um, when we lost Loie, um, I went to see a grief therapist. And with loss and any kind of tra any traumatic event, I do definitely invite people to find support because you can find support from your parents, family, husband, partner, but they can only do so much. And you definitely want to find someone that can hold space for you that is, you know, non-judgmental and understands what you're going through and can also almost have a bird's eye view and understand what grief is and help you through that. So I went to see a grief therapist and she was lovely and she was able to serve me for a certain time because it's a lot of talking, a lot of releasing. Um, but after that, it was like, well, what now? Like, I'm now living my life in loss and I'm lost. <laughs> um, what's my purpose? What's my why? Like, how do I deal with the triggers? How do I live my life? How do I plan for the future? Just so many questions with that were unanswered. And so I was like, okay, I think I need a coach. So I went online as you do and you research and a life coach is amazing and, and, and so helpful, but I needed someone that could really understand my grief and really understand my grief exhaustion, my grief brain, the physical symptoms of grief. Like, am I going crazy or is this grief? Like, help me create a life or help me understand or um, I just needed a little, I needed a bit more. And so not to take away from therapy, because I think therapy is very important. And I continue to see a PTSD psychotherapist as well to help me. Um, and you can do coaching and therapy at the same time. And sometimes that's what I, re I recommend. Um, but with coaching, I meet you or a coach meets you where you are. And we navigate through grief. We talk about grief. But what a coach does is advocate and stand for you. So sometimes what I see with clients and what I saw with myself was I was giving too much of my power to grief, too much of my power to loss. And I was letting it kind of run my life. And you do have to do that first. You do have to do that once in a while and for a certain time. You have to mourn. There's an acute mourning after loss that you definitely need to go through and you do and you are a victim something terrible and horrible has happened to you um but there comes to a point where we have we need to choose or understand where we go we're still living in loss we're still living in grief but we almost we want to take back our power from grief in order to understand how to live our life in it so with a lot of clients we navigate through the grief we understand our grief. Um, 
And we also work on coping strategies. So with grief, sometimes it spotlights on your limiting beliefs or patterns that really um, limit you in your life. And so we look at that. We look at the context that you're living your life in. We look at limiting beliefs. We find your sovereignty in loss. And so we, we kind of, we co-create a plan to support you in your life after loss or in loss so that you can live your days in joy and in grief, that you can go back to work and understand that, oh, okay, this is grief. Um, this anger is because of grief or my loss. And just creating this in incredible sense of awareness, which leads to empowerment, which leads to um, really kind of letting go. I think the end of the day, it's about letting go. And I, I know that's some of your listeners are probably thinking, what? Letting go? I can't let go. And I know it's so hard. And I do feel some resistance saying that too, to be honest. But that's part of the that's part of the the healing process is is letting letting go after the understanding after the awareness and it's not that you're giving up but you're letting go to the idea that i have lost my baby my baby is dead my baby's not here rather than fighting it rather than keeping it down um and so i guess kind of to sum it all up <laughs> there's a lot of things that I do within the coaching relationship but I think to really to really kind of sum it up is that we navigate through through grief and we create a plan to live life after loss in loss in an in an empowering aligned and um in a mindful way understanding our emotions because life after loss is full of complex complexities and um, and to have someone to understand what you're going through and to coach you through that, I find is just amazing. So I totally went off a tangent there because I'm just so passionate <laughs> with what I'm doing. But um, I couldn't find a great coach to really to really um, understand what I was going through. And the grief coaches that I found were, and this is totally my perspective and my viewpoint, were too hallmarky for me. So I decided to create something that wasn't there that I could not find. Since then, there's been a lot of amazing grief coaches out there and grief specialists out there. Um, so I decided to do my life coaching. I'm certified in life coaching, certified in grief coaching, have taken courses yoga teacher, meditation teacher, Reiki, and I bring that all into the coaching experience. But yeah, yeah you can tell I can go on forever with that, <laughs> that question, but hopefully you got some points from that. <laughs> no, that's amazing. It's just, it really shows um, what value you can add um, to somebody's, you know, that's going through such a traumatic and, you know, grief-riddled time in their lives and where they need it the most. And, you know, it's something that, yeah, not a lot of people know about. But obviously, as you said, like now it's something that 
is available, it is out there and um, yeah, so hopefully it's something that touches a lot of people when um, they can find someone like you, <laughs> um, yeah, in their, hopefully in their country, in their area. Um, but I did just want to ask, um, sort of going on with, you know, the support systems around somebody um, that is going through that. So what could, you know, a lost mama do to support themselves or, you know, what could somebody do who may be that support um, and what can they do to support um, a mama that's gone through loss as well? Mm. Yeah, very important questions. So I'll start with how to support um, a mama who's lost. Um, grief can't be fixed and grief is very unique to each individual. And so if you know someone that has experienced a loss of a pregnancy, it's really important to acknowledge that, acknowledge the loss and to ask them how they're feeling. If, if the person, the mama, the data, anybody um, feels like not talking about it, they'll tell you. But I think it's worse not to say anything at all. I know that there's family get-togethers I go to or friends that I go out with. And yeah, I'm having fun. I'm drinking wine, eating food. And it's almost like Loie doesn't exist. But there'll be a moment where she comes into my mind and I get really upset. And that's kind of like what we talked about before. It's about being happy and joyful in the moment, but also being mindful that you can also be sad. And so sometimes I have friends who feel uncomfortable with that and don't know what to say. And I have to be very self-advocacy and say, oh, I'm just, I'm missing Lily right now. And, and then they understand because I've had that conversation with them. But um, it's really important to acknowledge the loss and if your baby has a name, if their baby has a name to mention, oh, I was thinking about, you know, Loie, um, or how are you doing? It's, I just find it so, so important to acknowledge and also to hold space. You don't need to give them any solutions. You don't need to solve their problems. You don't have to give them special, like, antidotes. It's really a lot to do about just listening just being heard and just just holding that space for them. And it may be that, you know, the lost, lost mama might start to cry, not speak for a while, and that's okay. That's the emotion, that is the grief. And just knowing you can't fix it, talk about the loss. Don't be, I was going to say don't be scared, but it's okay to be scared and it's okay to be uncomfortable if you don't know what to say or if you're fearful that you're going to say the wrong thing. That's okay. That's okay. But I do invite you to say something. Say something. And if you trigger that mama and she starts to cry, that's okay. It really is because I see the trigger or the crying as just that's their love for their baby. That's the love that you know, grief is, is another, is, is another form of love. So just to be aware of that, um, 
I think those are the kind of the main points for someone to support. And also there's the practical side too, right? Like when I lost Loie, I had a really good friend who came to my house and cleaned my house and filled up my fridge with food. And so when I got home, there was food everywhere. Um, you know, she put Loie's stuff in a room so I didn't have to see it. Um, so the practical things, asking, what do you need? And sometimes it's hard to ask for help when you're grieving. So just intuitively do what you think they may need help in, you know, a meal train, um, grocery service. Um, yeah. Then find a friend that, um, can hold space for you. That you can just cry and cry and yell and or don't say anything at all but that person that you know that can just nurture the space for you and make a cup of tea third friend is that friend that may not talk about it but when you go out you have fun because grief is heavy nor good or bad and you need a time out you need a time out from grief you can't sit you know it's it's hard on the body and the spirit to stay in grief. So finding that person that will take you out on a shopping trip or go for dinner or go dancing, whatever it is, just a little bit of a time out. I say time out from grief. We don't really have a time out from grief, but it does soften. You know, like you said, the joy and the grief go hand in hand. You can have both at the table. That's such a beautiful point that you make, Jen, about finding the different types of people in your life. And I know that that's something that you are a very big advocate for in creating community and support around uh, yourself, especially when you're going through grief. And um, on your website, it says that you host some events. And sadly for us, you are in Seattle in America. So I was wondering if you would like to share a little bit about your events um, and if there's any kind of events that people may be able to hold for themselves to help gather that community and tribe around them. Obviously, being the Still Mama tribe, we are all for creating those pockets of people that can help support each other. And I think it's an excellent point in having those three types of friends around you. That's such practical, beautiful advice. Maybe if you'd like to talk a little bit about your events that you hold so that people can help branch themselves out a little bit as well. Yes, um, events are so, so important um, because of the community and the connection. So in Seattle, um, and I'm actually going to try to take this internationally, so you never know, I might be in Australia soon. Um, gives me a reason to go down there. Um, so in Seattle, what we do is we um, hold a healing circle and um, it's called lean into healing and I work closely with yoga studios but also I'm looking into um, creating a brunch and I mean there's just so many different ways that you can do it and so what we do is we sit in a circle and we talk about our stories and so we're giving ourselves a voice um, we're empowering ourselves by sharing stories but we're also collectively creating supportive energy and you know by doing your podcasts there in Melbourne with the beautiful women that you've interviewed and I've listened to it's when women come together and hear each other's stories and you share your stories and you're being witnessed 
it is so incredibly powerful and so incredibly healing. Um, and so we do some yoga, we share stories, I share tools or strategies or coach women uh, through their grief. And we um, sometimes do breath work and movement because grief needs movement. We need to move with our emotions. Just incredibly healing for the spirit, for the human spirit. Yeah, that's it's so important. Um, connection, healing, um, feeling a part of a community, even though nobody wants to be a part of it, but having that, um, you know, the, the, the portion of it of never feeling alone, I think is, you know, it's so um, important. And you've just said some amazing things. And what you do is, is just, you know, it, it's absolutely incredible. And, you know, that's why we had to have you on the podcast. We had to, you know, show that there are so many other ways that you can actually um, find to help with grief, to navigate through it, your life after loss. Um, and, yeah, and everything that you do really, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will get a lot out of this and, you know, hopefully get in touch with you because obviously you are in Seattle, but you do stuff a lot online as well. And um, yeah, we're really, really grateful to have had you on the podcast today. Mm, the honor is all mine. I'm just incredibly honored to be here and to be part of what you're creating. And, and thank you for holding space for all of us. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much. And we're going to put all of your links for your website and your Instagram in the show notes. Um, and also, hopefully, we can get you back on the podcast to hear more about your story for your losses for Marlo and for the way that you've carried through her legacy on Instagram. But I'm sure that people can also follow along for a little bit of your story on your Instagram page as well. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add uh, for our listeners before we wrap up? Um, I just wanted, um, I just want to send my love to everybody and, um, I just want you to all know that, um, you will get through this and I just, again, I'm just so very honored and yeah. And how to connect with me and, and any questions you might have will be on the show notes anyways. So thank you. Thank you, Jen. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. provided on the Still Mama Tribe is for educational and informational purposes only. The information is not a substitute for professional advice or care. Please seek the advice of a qualified healthcare professional in the event that something you learn here raises questions or concerns for your health. Also, if you require support regarding your loss, SANS Australia has a national support line 24 hours a day. The number is 1300 072 637. Also, see our website for further resources and links for support. Today's episode is sponsored by KL Designs. And KL Designs is owned by the beautiful Kylie, whose philosophy is to create beautiful, meaningful jewellery that amplifies the wearer's intentions and desires. She believes that jewellery should quite literally reflect wearing your heart on your sleeve. And Sarah, you know Kylie personally and have had a beautiful experience. Would you like to share with our listeners? 
Yeah, so the beautiful Kylie has been with me throughout my motherhood and social media journey, which is, you know, she's been such a huge supporter for me. Um, And obviously with the uh, loss of Axel, um, even more so, she's just been an incredible, credible person to work with and reached out and said that she really wanted to align and create a special piece in memory of Axel and to offer to all of the beautiful lost mamas out there. So we created, obviously, if anybody knows of it, there's a bracelet out there called Born Into Peace, which has got um, rose quartz, smoky quartz and amethyst, which is very close to my heart. And it's got this gorgeous little angel wing and it's such a beautiful, beautiful piece, as is every single one of her pieces. So we know that we've aligned with um, Kylie to offer everyone a special discount. So check that out. And everything will be in the show notes. And for those that don't know, so um, KL is K-A-Y-E-L-L-E, designs, and everything is in the show notes. 